Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Good morning, world, and welcome in to Trust the Tape, episode 9-25-2018. Instead of a number, I went with the date. With today's date. I'm Jeff Cavanaugh at uh, JC1053 on Twitter alongside the great and powerful Dane Brugler. I don't believe the great and powerful is a tagline used for anyone else. So Dane Brugler at DP Brugler on Twitter from The Athletic, DallasCowboys.com, and of course special appearances on 1053 The Fan in the DFW area and on Radio.com. Good morning, Dane. Good morning. How are you doing? This is a good one. This is a good one. Oh, okay. Different than usual? Uh, well, they're all good. Okay. But this one's special. Good. Yeah, because this one's special because... Let me make sure I have your mic and program, too. Hold on. There we go. Talk again? Good. Yeah, I think we were already good, but it okay. doesn't matter. We'll see. Uh, this is a good one because we added the rookie roundup last week. That's why this is a special one. Well, and Because cre- now we get to talk about Baker Mayfield <laughs> taking over the world. Credit to the rookies for giving us something to talk about. Because there are a lot of rookies stepping up. We're seeing a lot of quarterbacks out there. And you mentioned it, Baker Mayfield. It's uh, For the first time in a long time, Cleveland fans have something at quarterback that they can really get behind and be excited about. Well, it even seemed like, and trust me, we're going to get into the massive college football weekend, Oregon-Stanford, Missouri-Georgia, Alabama-A&M, uh, the quarterbacks, all sorts of greatness, but I was hosting a watch party during Cleveland versus the New York Jets mm. on uh, Thursday night football, and spoiler, no one cared about the Jets and the Browns. Now, people showed up because we all love each other, but I tell you, no one could have cared any less about that football game until the first time they showed Baker on the sideline looking at the little tablet. And I was like, guys, I think Baker's going in. And then when he starts warming up and when he jogged out there, it changed everything. Like it's amazing to me because I am an adopted sooner fan. So I've been waiting for Baker. It's a Baker party. Everybody was in whether they loved him or hate, like everybody was in Baker Mayfield is, is, I don't, I don't know where the appeal is from, but it was bigger than Darnold. It's bigger than Rose. Like it was, it, everybody was just like, oh my God, Baker, what's he going to do? He just has a natural energy to him. Yeah. And I mean, Browns fans obviously are rooting for a win no matter what quarterback's out there, but you could just hear it in the stadium. Uh, the difference between when the offense was out there with Tyrod. I felt like I could see a difference in his teammates. Oh, yeah, definitely. Well, They're like, okay, here we go. Okay, and then above all else, the play on the field, the product. Uh, it was night and day better because, uh, and, and I heard a lot of, I said Baker Mayfield should have been in from the start, from day one. Heard from a lot of people, oh, I'm not behind that offensive line. He's going to get killed. Now, look, see the way he got the ball out? Now, yes, he's going to hold on to the ball too long at times, and he did have that fumble. Uh, he's going to make some bad decisions, should have had the interception in the end zone. But he's going to make just as many good decisions, getting the ball out, being accurate, 
doing a nice job of picking away at the defense, extending drives, and we saw that. Let him do a win. I mean, Baker Mayfield will forever be known as the guy in Cleveland who opened up the beer fridges. Well, he doesn't want to be known as that, Dane. It's about the Super Bowl, okay? <laughs> this is just the beginning. It's about the Super Bowl. He here. said all the they right things. They should be 3-0. They should be. They should be 3-0. and And I, I said this from the start. It's It made it was absolutely nonsensical to, predict, or to name a starter in April. I mean, you don't predetermine playing time for a rookie until training camp. You have no idea what he can handle, the playbook, all of that. And I, I took some heat on Twitter because earlier in that game, I said, I don't, we're not going to see Baker Mayfield tonight. He hasn't taken any practice with the ones. Hughes Jackson's Which not, is so dumb. He's not going to put that you weren't him prepared, in the game. Even in case of injury, exactly. you weren't prepared. And Tyrod Taylor, a guy who does hold the ball too long, he has been injured in the past. He was injured in the preseason, and still you don't give Baker Mayfield, who is your backup, any first-team reps. But I, I 100% believe if Tyrod Taylor does not get hurt, he's out there in the second half. By, uh, Baker Mayfield's not going out there unless an injury happened, forced Hughes' hand, and now, uh, hopefully for Browns fans, you know we don't see Tyrod Taylor the rest of the way. There were two brutal drops for Baker, so whatever his stat line was, which was really, really, really good, should have been <laughs> near perfect. It yeah. was just, it was awesome to watch. Uh, I cheer for uh, the almost six foot and under crowd at quarterback, hmm. so it's nice to see a guy that had all of the tools other than height. Be like, yeah, I'm just going to come out here and throw the football. No big deal. It's funny how, oh, wow, he's got a strong arm. Well, who would have thought that a guy under 6'4 could throw the ball hard? Do you not watch Oklahoma <laughs> football? Do you not watch? I mean, and I get it. Like, sometimes in that offense, he didn't always have to uncork a fastball. But, I mean, you watch it, and, I mean, you listen to us. It, it, he's got more than enough arm strength where he can zip it in there uh, before that passing window closes. Uh, he's a smart guy. He understands where to go with the football. Uh, I give him a lot of credit. It, it was they asked has uh, Joel Batonio on the offensive line like how many practice reps he had with him, and he said, "Oh, not many." He said maybe a dozen, something like that. I mean, so <laughs> a guy that was so unfamiliar with that offensive unit, and he went out there and played well. And look, the Jets, you can say what that you want about their offense, but they got some guys on defense. I mean, it wasn't just a, a pushover uh, type of game, type of defense. So. Credit to Baker Mayfield, uh, and you know it's good to see these rookie quarterbacks out there. I mean, they're going to fail. I mean, Baker Mayfield's going to have points this season where he's going <laughs> to yeah, struggle. Right. Yeah, it's, right. it's going to happen. We said it with Sam Darnold, and you know, I think Baker finishes with a perfect QB rating this year. Perfect, one fifty-eight point three, one fifty-six point, whatever it is. I mean, speaking of these rookie quarterbacks, you got to give due to Josh Allen. No, I don't. Got to. No, no, it's more important to be right than to. Uh, Actually watch what happens. Yeah, so what you do is you just dig in and you say, no, it's going to be awful. That was the fun part is people will people would hit me up on Twitter, and it's fair. They're like, oh, what's up now? And I was like, well, I would rather he actually be good. I'm not cheering against any 20-whatever-year-old. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, because if he's good, it could be tons of fun to watch. Yeah. And you saw it because part of what worked for Josh Allen was the athleticism, getting outside the pocket, and then just making silly good throws. And so with those tools, if he becomes a complete player and he becomes a good quarterback, it's going to be awesome to watch. Yeah. I would like to watch that. Yeah. Uh, my prediction was based on most people who aren't good in college don't become good in the NFL. But he had he had a nice game. And you know I think the athleticism is part of what can carry him because his ability to take off and run helped them pick up first downs and a couple of touchdowns. Yep, yeah. So yeah, that was a nice game for him. Uh, two rushing touchdowns. And yeah, he... He avoided the mistake, too, against a really tough defense, a Minnesota defense. So, I, 
I mean, I, who saw that one coming? I don't think Buffalo fans saw that one coming. So <laughs> kudos to Josh Allen. I mean, the jury's still out, obviously, on whether or not he's going to be a, a long-term NFL starter in this league. But credit to him for having a moment like that where if you know that's going to give him a little bit of confidence. Now, for him, it's just all about progressing and getting better. Uh, you know, working within an offense where it doesn't have a ton of help, but maybe do the easy stuff. Yeah, that's my thing about Josh Allen. He makes the really hard look easy, and he makes the really easy look so hard. <laughs> like that was, I don't think this was. No, this was two weeks ago, where he's trying to just flip the ball to a running back who's five yards away from him, and he missed him by like eight yards. Yeah. And I was like, no, like, you, that's the guy that I scouted. We, well, yeah, you saw that in Wyoming tape. Yeah, absolutely. It's just about consistency with him, reps, and yeah, it's really he's really impressive. Okay, the third guy I want to touch on in the rookie roundup is more just uh, an ode to the greatness of Dane Brugler as watching the Lions game and counting down, mm. could they have their first 100-yard rusher in 430 years or however long it's been? It's really been, what, like seven years? Something like that? Yeah. It was, something uh, silly. But on Johnson is the one that pulls it off. The former Auburn back, what was he, a second-round pick for Detroit? Second-round pick, yeah. And he goes over 100 yards, and he is everything that you tried to tell people he was while we talked about all these other running backs, you're like, hey, 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 don't forget carry on Johnson. I, I really think he has a chance to be the next Le'Veon Bell with that combination of patience, power, speed, vision. He just has a knack for finding space and then getting the most that, that he can. And he, he only had 16 carries, too. So it's not like they just, you know, gave him the rock 30 times and he eked out 100, 100 yards. When. Detroit chooses to run the ball and run a balanced offense, which you obviously don't always see in that with Matt Stafford. But when they run the ball, they can be effective. And credit to Carryon Johnson. Yeah, I had a late first round grade on him. Um, I, a really talented guy at Auburn. He was the heart and soul of that team last year. And he's also one of the toughest running backs I've ever evaluated. Uh, he's not coming off the field unless you make him. So, uh, carry on, Johnson. I, yeah, Detroit's got a really good back there. And with uh, Ragnow, uh, who's playing uh, really well so far as a rookie uh, up front, and some of the, the guys they have in that offensive line, they got a chance to have a good run game if they just stick to it and don't get too pass happy. Well, it seems like they like that, that organization has been desperate for an ability to run the ball and an ability to be tougher and an ability to just, you know, in football, I don't buy too far into like identity and let's line up and smash them. But Detroit for years has just, it's been scat backs catching the ball that right. they couldn't, they couldn't establish that. Yes, we can line up and run at you and it's going to change, you know, yeah. picking a center, picking a, a running back with that toughness that's going to change that organization. So that's pretty sweet for carry on Jones. And they've drafted some running backs early before. Kevin Jones, I think, was a first-rounder. Abdullah. Amir Abdullah is a second-rounder. So, yeah, they've invested high picks before, but I think carry on Johnson, yeah, he's he's the best of that group in just terms of talent and what he can be, and I think we've seen early flashes of that. Anybody else in the rookie roundup? That's uh, all I wanted to hit. Yeah, I mean, we, we have to hit Calvin Ridley. Uh, three touchdowns. Oh, yeah. Our uh, guy. I mean, hey, do you remember when he couldn't be awesome because he didn't jump far or something? It was so predictable. He didn't have a good broad jump. At this time, I mean, we were, we were saying this at this time last year. Watching him at Alabama and how polished he is, it's so predictable that he'd have instant uh, NFL success if he just got a the great targets. route runner who can fly. Exactly. Hmm, could this work in the NFL? Uh, I mean, uh-huh. you just don't see wide receivers coming out that are as polished as Calvin really was. Uh, as a route runner, uh, just the subtle nuances that he shows off 
in his in his releases at the top of, of his breaks. Um, he's not the biggest guy. He's not going to be winning a ton of 50-50 balls. Uh, yeah, like you said, he didn't jump really well. So you know, don't count on him to you know. If you're catch throwing a lot of him fades. jump balls, that's your fault. Yeah. So <laughs> what are you doing? Exactly. So just. I mean, we saw on Sunday what he can do, and uh, yeah, he he's a really good player. And he, he got Julio Jones saying like, "Hey, I I can score touchdowns too. You know, I'm over here." Can he though? <laughs> can he? So we got to mention him, and then hey, for the second straight week, got to mention Darius Leonard. Uh, continues to play at a high level. Thirteen tackles, two sacks, had a pass I breakup. Loved him as a day two prospect. Well, and look what we know about that defense. Uh, a lot of Cover two principles with uh, Matt Eberflus, the defense quarter there, and he need you need a linebacker to be kind of the centerpiece of uh, that type of scheme. A guy that can play all over the field. You need him to drop. You need him to play both sidelines. Can play the line of scrimmage. And so far, Darius Leonard's been able to do that. Fred Warner's been balling too. That was yeah. the Zane Brugler guy that yeah, you fought for. Him. I didn't love him. You did. He's doing a great job right. in San Francisco in the middle of that defense. Uh, yeah, he's. He's really uh, he's put himself in the conversation to be defensive rookie of the year. Okay, let's move on on trust the tape to our college football weekend this weekend. And who would you like to start with? I think Oregon Stanford is probably yeah. a pretty good starting point. Awesome game, and your guy Justin Herbert was out there balling, man. Not I, winning, but balling. <laughs> well, and leading up to that, like five minutes before the game, I was thinking to myself like. Okay, I've really hyped this guy up this week. Like, yeah, I, I did a big write up on him in the Athletic uh, about how he's the top NFL prospect, most impressive guy I looked at this summer. Did it probably a dozen radio hits uh, in the lead up to that game, and you know, just talking about how good he is, how talented he is. And I started to think, shoot, I, I hyped him up too much. It's gonna be tough for him to match these expectations, but and he didn't match them. He exceeded them. He surpassed them. Uh, with a near-perfect performance in regulation, 25 for 27. Uh, the two incompletions also, one was a drop, one could have been caught, a little bit of an overflow on a, just a simple screen. So, you know, everything that you saw over the summer, uh, I think he showed against a really tough Stanford defense, plus more. Uh, you see a guy who has the size, uh, the athleticism's uh, fantastic, that speed. Uh, he can really erase pursuit angles. And then the arm is just special. Uh, the velocity and how accurate he is. I mean, the ball is on point where it needs to be. So defenders aren't able to get their hands on it. Uh, and his receivers can make a play on the ball. So you can see how raw he is too. Um, I mean, nine times out of 10, he's going to his first read, his initial read, which is, you know, if it works, then I mean, how do you blame him? So it's something that we just need to watch for. I want to see more whole field reads uh, going through his progressions. And then just his ability to navigate the rush. Uh, it's something that you saw him take an unnecessary sack uh, at one point. Um, he has the athleticism, but it's just about feeling the rush, understanding where the pressure's coming from. So he, he has room to get better. There's no question. But those individual tools that we've been talking about, they're just off the charts. And so when you put it all together, you've got a pretty impressive uh, quarterback prospect. And hey, and because he plays quarterback, he could probably get ready for uh, potentially number one overall there. Absolutely. The for the He's, and this kind of brings me into... Nick Bosa yeah. is being injured and in whatever surgery he, he had. surgery. Does it matter? His dad came out, uh, had some good quotes on The Athletic saying how um, it's not week to week. He's out until at least November. And when you look at Ohio State's schedule, Penn State this weekend, big game. But besides that, October looks pretty simple. 
They've got Nebraska the first week in November. So middle of November, uh, I think Michigan State, Maryland, and then Michigan it finish out, finishes it out. So they can get him back for those last three regular season games. Ohio State will be just fine. And he should be – Bose is still the – I think the top player on my board, that injury is not going to change it as long as he comes back healthy. But uh, back to Herbert, I, this maybe this is just like I feel for Oregon fans because they should have won that game. I mean, at one point it was about to be, what, 37-7 to before? Yeah, I mean, just, and it, they were up by three with under a minute left and could have just taken a couple of knees and punted and left Stanford about six or seven seconds, and instead they ran the ball and fumbled? It's heartbreaking. I mean, because they, they had that game and – I mean, it's just it's just such a tough way to lose. And maybe this is my way of spinning it for Oregon fans, but for those Oregon players, this is the type of loss that just sticks with you. Like, you don't forget a loss like that. And so for Justin Herbert, who knows? This could influence his NFL decision. You know, I mean, you, you like to think that these guys make decisions with their brains. A lot of them make decisions with their hearts and... Justin Herbert, his younger brother, is a big-time wide receiver, tight end prospect, recruit, who's going to be a freshman next year. You put all that together, I mean, this is it's kind of the same thing with Sam Darnold last year where uh, there was – Sam Darnold, there was a good chance he was staying at USC. I think at the end of the season, he looked around the locker room and saw his offensive line, saw a lot of those guys leaving, and he's like, all right, you know what, I, I need to leave. It's what's best for me. That's not the case with Justin Herbert. He's still got there's still gonna be talent in Oregon next season. So I don't think it's a foregone conclusion. He's gone. Especially when you have a loss like this that probably keeps them out of the Pac twelve championship. Uh maybe a chance to go back to school, win the Pac twelve, fight for a playoff spot, play with your younger brother, um, if he doesn't feel quite ready yet. So just something to watch for. Herbert is not just a guarantee to go pro after this year. I think if he does, he is absolutely in play for the top pick and to be the top quarterback. But Different things drive different people, and so I'd rather have millions of dollars. How's his family doing? Uh, there, I mean, I mean pl- oh, that's, plus he's a Eugene guy. I mean, he grew up in Eugene at rooting for the Ducks. I mean, I think there's a lot of you know, there's some heartstrings there pulling to get a championship. Uh, you know, but he saw what Marcus Mariota did coming so close. You just never know with a guy like this, and so it's going to be interesting uh, to see how that plays out okay and then we got to see the number one overall pick in the 2020 draft play over the weekend as well uh alabama texas a&m i don't I, the, the dude is freaking unbelievable he's fun to a t and i still haven't tried to say his last name you want to say it tongue of Iloga? yeah that guy yeah that dude's awesome. Like I, he is not afraid who, to push the ball down the field. Who do you compare him to? Like I mean, who, what do you? I have no clue. He's like a combination of like Russell Wilson, Baker Mayfield, uh, except b- bigger. Yeah, I mean, he's probably six two and a half, two hundred twenty five pounds. I mean, he's, he throws the ball wrong handed. That throws me off. Yeah, it's weird. He's a lefty. No receiver's gonna like him. His ball spins the wrong way. Hey, he doesn't have a huge arm. He is he's a good arm, above average arm. It's not a Herbert arm, uh, but it's definitely good enough to you know get the ball there. Obviously, and yeah, I, I just imagine if they let him play four quarters instead of pull him after two and a half. Well, I had to make sure Jalen Hurts could go in there and complete three passes for 28 yards, keep him on schedule for the season. So yeah, Tua T is, uh, I'm guessing, the Vegas favorite for Heisman? Yeah, he He is the favorite. Him and Haskins. I think they're one, two. Will Greer's three. uh, Kyler Murray, four, I believe. Uh, And that makes sense. I mean, uh, 
Haskins, what he's done up to this point, um, how, how do you argue against it? He's going to have a big game uh, against Penn State at Penn State on Saturday night. But yeah, at, at this point, Tua, it's the best team. No one can argue with that. Alabama just looks dominant. And the way Tua's been playing, he's been that missing piece that Nick Saban they really hasn't They weren't missing any pieces, Dane. Well, hey, d- unless they win a national championship every single year, which they almost have. <laughs> kind of do. But almost. he's been that missing piece that have, I mean, we, we talk, I mean, it gets overstated a lot about, you know, we did it when, with the, some of those USC teams. It's one of the best teams ever. I mean, you can legitimately start having that conversation with this Alabama team, the way they've been playing. And I mean, who's going to beat them in the regular season? I mean, Auburn might give them a scare. LSU, I think the game is in Baton Rouge. Nah. They might give them a little bit of scare. But for four quarters, who's going to beat this team? Nobody. No, nobody's going mean, to. Georgia in the SEC championship game, that'll be fun. But I mean, even Georgia, I, I have a hard time seeing them uh, pull the upset and I mean, we we we've seen Clemson. I mean, we, we saw Clemson against A and M. We saw Alabama against A and M. Now, obviously, one game was in Tuscaloosa, the other one was in College Station, so a little unfair there. But still, it's Alabama's on a different level. And you mentioned Dwayne Haskins. He just keeps doing exactly what he's been doing at Ohio State. Twenty-one of twenty-four for three hundred and four yards and five touchdowns. That's Tulane, but that does still count as playing football. And that dude, for somebody who I think most people probably didn't even know coming into the year, every throw he makes is like on the button. Yeah, you could draw on the person who's running. Like, okay, it should be right there, and he's gonna hit the circle you drew. Yep, that dude can deal it. Uh, so I don't know how quickly you can rise in four games in terms of NFL draft circles, but I want him. I want Dwayne oh, yeah. Haskins on my pro team tomorrow. Well, and let's see how he does Saturday. It's going to be his. I mean, we said this before the TCU game, but which he passed, you know, with flying colors. He did. He did uh, a very good job in that game. But this Penn State game is a little bit of a different animal. It's going to be a whiteout uh, at Penn State. He hasn't really had that true road test yet. I mean. It, TCU game in our in Jerry World, there was probably 60, 40 Ohio State fans. So uh, this will be a big test for him to go on the road. Uh, the Penn State defense is mediocre, um, but he's going to have to go up against a pretty good offense. Um, and so it's going to be, we're going to see plenty of points. Um, you know, say what you will about Saquon Barkley not being there, but Miles Sanders, uh, running back, has taken over. He's he's done a nice job. I think he's a good player. Uh, and then, of course, you have uh, Trace McSorley, who just he's a senior now. He's been a starter there for a while. Uh, he's going to put up points again against that Ohio State defense. So it's going to be a lot of fun to see Haskins in that environment to see if he can continue to uh, put up the type of production. And and it's not like. Just bubble screens and uh, you know shovel passes. I mean, he's going down the field, and like you said, he's very accurate when he does. Okay, now finally, this is something that you've been saying for whew, weeks. Texas is back. <laughs> the University of Texas went and gave TCU the business, and it's really exciting to have them be back and be uh-huh. one of the finest teams in the country. Uh, definitely the cream of the Big 12. Just a huge win and excited to have Texas back. I, I, yeah, I don't I don't know what to say to We that. still have to wait a while? 
Well, look, I credit. It was a really good win. It was a really good win against TCU. Uh, The quarterback, Ellinger, played better. He had a nice game. Colin Johnson, that wide receiver at Texas, that dude looks like a pretty good pro prospect. He's getting better and better, which is promising to see. I mean, you can't teach 6'6, 220 with that type of speed, but he's getting better in terms of consistency, catching the ball at the highest point. Uh, His routes still need plenty of work, but. Yeah, you, you're encouraged with what he could be and continue as he continues to grow. The most thing, the biggest thing with Texas that I've seen the last few weeks that I'm really encouraged by is the second half adjustments. Uh, against USC two weeks ago, they were losing the entire first half. They had they were losing the TCU the entire first half this past weekend. Then in the second half, it was completely different. The script was upended, and all of a sudden, Texas comes out with a different game plan. Uh, they are executing better, and so credit to Tom Herman, the coaches, and the players for just playing, uh, showing improvements in that second half to kind of put the put the game away. Texas won thirty one sixteen. The first half did not feel like that. I mean, no, TCU no, 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 had no, the no. lead, and they felt like TCU was going to win that game because is, they played better. Is uh, Jalen Rager, is that an NFL yeah. guy? Yeah, he's only a sophomore, true okay. sophomore. So okay. we're not talking about him yet. But And Chris Boyd, it, I, I was tough on him on Twitter because uh, he's a senior, and I really like him. And so I, I think I expect more from him. But Rager took him to town a few times. Uh, especially at the goal line. Chris Boyd needs to anticipate those types of routes. The corner route with all that space. Uh, on on the field side, and then uh, right before halftime, uh, with that with that touchdown. So yeah, Chris Boyd's a really good uh, Texas corner for Texas, but Rager had some moments where uh, he was he was outstanding. He's a guy we'll be talking about for the future. And TCU's a good team, so credit to Texas for uh, playing really well. And uh, the Big Twelve, they what? I'm encouraged a little bit. I mean, I think they've been on the door the you know the the fifth or the fifth of the best. Uh, Fifth best of the Power Five programs. Uh, you know, most conversations we have about this when we rank the conferences. But I, I mean, the ACC. You look at the ACC. How, how bad they've been. Uh, the Big Twelve, I think, is a strong argument to not be the worst of the Power Five team. Power Five <laughs> yes, conferences. See? I mean, you look at Oklahoma, and that's because Texas is back. Ah, with, yeah, with Texas uh, back and OU and Texas West Virginia. Tech playing well and West Virginia. And, yes. Uh, yeah, it's uh, we're gonna have some fun matchups coming up here with West Virginia, Oklahoma. We've got. Uh, Red River shootout, uh, Texas OU in uh, two weeks. So we're, we're going to have some fun Big 12 matchups coming up. Okay, now one other game that I think needs to be mentioned from over the weekend. Because Drew Locke, the Missouri quarterback, is considered a pretty good NFL quarterback prospect, I watched a good chunk of that game, and I'm here to tell you the box score does not represent what Drew Locke did. No. He had people letting him down left and right, whether it was fumbling the ball, tipping the I believe the interception was tipped. Uh, he just he was let down by his teammates. Mm-hmm. I don't know what you took out of that game. All I know is he is better than twenty three of forty eight for two twenty one. He did not get help. No, he did, and it, it was tough to take too many strong uh, opinions away from from that game in terms of luck or in lock. Uh, the biggest thing with me, I think, the same concerns he showed last year. Uh, were the same concerns he showed against Georgia, uh, just in terms of staring down receivers, retreating under pressure, just inconsistent ball placement at times. But he's got he's got your completion percentage up fifty seven and point eight a year. Ago. Yeah, he's he's, no, he's Well, and I think a big part of that too is the offense, uh, which has been encouraging. New uh, OC Derek Dooley, uh, you're seeing more whole field reads, uh, seeing a lot more layered passes. Uh, you're seeing improvement in those areas, which is promising. So. I, 
he came in as a late first round pick on my board. Uh, I see a lot of Derek Carr there, you know, the good and the bad. And I, so far, I've, nothing's really happened to make me kind of move off that that stance. I think he's more of a late first round pick. Now, could he go earlier for a quarterback desperate team? Absolutely. And we're still early in the process. It's September. Uh, by the end of the day, by the time April gets here, who knows how you know teams will be looking at Locke. But right now, the way I view him is a late first round pick, a guy you know, similar to Derek Carr. You know, could he slip into the second? Sure. Could he go even higher, go in the top twenty, top ten? It's possible just because he has the arm, he has the makeup, he has uh, the athleticism. You can move around a little bit, but uh, yeah, that his team did not help him out much. He. His top wide receiver, Emmanuel Hall, looked limited with a hamstring, so he was shut down, even though he was out there. Uh, Alberto, uh, the tight end, had yeah, a fantastic that was weird. game. That receiver was laboring. Which, uh, Emmanuel Hall? Yeah. yeah. It was really strange that he kept being out there. Did they feel like he could be a decoy, even though he wouldn't run like guess. he can? Well, and I mean, if, if he's going to take away DeAndre Baker, uh, Georgia's top cover guy then I mean as long as you're not going to injure yourself further then it's fine and it, it did open up some things for Alberto the tight end who's one of the top three tight end prospects uh top three tight end prospects on my board you got Noah Fant from Iowa who had two touchdowns against Wisconsin uh, over the weekend um Alberto from Missouri and then Caden Smith for Stanford who uh had a pretty good game against Oregon so the other guy I want to talk about from that Georgia Missouri game DeAndre Walker, I thought he stole the show. Uh, the Georgia outside linebacker, he lived in that Missouri backfield. Had two sacks, two forced fumbles. Simple speed rush. He can wrap the corner, use that length to get his hands on the quarterback. Did a nice job uh, in coverage as well. That's not his forte. It's not what he does, but he's getting better there. He's not going to test like Lorenzo Carter, uh, Georgia linebacker from last year, who's kind of a freak athlete without a position. He went in the third round of the Giants. He's not going to test like that, but he's might be the better player just because he's more polished, uh, better production. I think he's a future three-down player, uh, especially three, four teams. They're going to really like what he brings to the table. So I think DeAndre Walker, a senior on the move, uh, rising aboard. So um, one other SEC uh, game I want to talk about, Mississippi State of Kentucky. Mississippi State is a pretty good team, and Kentucky – uh, went in, or it was a home game, but they took care of business, 28-7, and credit to Benny Snell, the Kentucky running back. He's just, he's an NFL back, uh, and, and he's the biggest reason for K- Kentucky being 4-0, beating some pretty good teams. The NFL, they love backs who can take abuse, keep doing their job at a high level. That's basically the best way we can sum up Benny Snell uh, with what he's able to do. He's a a uh, stamina runner, a contact runner. A lot of most of his yards are going to be after contact, physical. Um, Sounds like carry on. Yeah, uh, carry on, Nick Chubb. That's t- style of runner where he, there's more dynamic backs out there. But he's just he's built for the NFL physically, mentally, uh, and he's a big reason. Him and then Josh Allen on defense. Uh, the reasons why Kentucky's four and zero. Ooh, we got more Josh Allen's coming. Yeah, we got a pretty good Josh Allen. He's and biggest thing for this Josh Allen on the, on the defense side of the ball. His biggest or his best attribute coming in, uh, based on what I studied over the summer, was versatility. And your, your best asset cannot be versatility. You know, it's kind of like a jack of all trades, master of none. I mean, you, you have to be pretty good at something. Jabril Peppers. Yeah, and no, there are plenty of examples. And with Allen, he's he looked much better so far this year as a pass rusher. That first step. That speed to the edge, his ability to finish in the pocket, he's looked fantastic. So Josh Allen entered the year as probably a mid-second round guy. That's how scouts viewed him. 
He's moving up boards. I we're I, I'm really liking how this draft is setting up. I mean, it's still very it's early. Too early, Dave. It's very early, but crying like, out loud. I'm looking at my top 32 board from the August from the preseason. And there's certain guys that are missing that have played really well this year that I'll do an update here in a few weeks, maybe first week in October or something like that. I, I'm going to have a hard time fitting 32 guys on there that I want to. Um, you know, Deontay Thompson, free safety from Alabama. He's absolutely uh, put himself in that miss, uh, mix. Dwayne Haskins, we talked about. He's going to, he should be in that top 32. Uh, Quinnen Williams from Alabama, the defensive lineman. And we talked so much about Raquan Davis, who is a freak at. You know, six seven, three hundred ten pounds. Uh, that DeForest Buckner type of build, and he still has a chance to go top ten with those traits. But the other two defensive linemen for Alabama's three man front, Isaiah Bugs and Quinnen Williams, have been fantastic. Uh, all three could be considered first round picks. So another guy to keep on the on the radar, and then another guy I want to include in my top thirty two, uh, JJ Arcea Whiteside, the Stanford wide receiver who. Why they don't go to him more is beyond me. I know the Stanford mo is well. They like control line, up line of with scrimmage, the eight tight ends, and mash the ball. I get it. That's but the thing. If you get a one on one matchup, he's or Sega Whiteside is going to come down with it. I mean, both his parents played overseas, uh, played basketball. He's got that basketball background. He was an all state guy in high school football, basketball, and track. Just a really you know all around athlete. Uh, he's got a little Mike Evans to him uh, with his ability to high point. And when he can box out, use that length, uh, he's just he's unstoppable. And so why they don't go to him more, especially on third downs, uh, is beyond me. Between him and Caden Smith, uh, they they've got something there at Stanford. Uh, that they've got a few holes on defense. We saw Herbert kind of expose that. But KJ Costello, the quarterback, who could be another future first rounder, only a redshirt sophomore, he's still growing up. But he is a bright future with the development he's shown. With Caden Smith at tight end, with Arcega Whiteside at receiver, uh, and then you know you think Bryce Love at some point is going to break out here. He uh, against Oregon, it was his first game in his career where he had at least 19 carries and under 100 yards. Uh, I know he's been dinged up a little bit, but at some point you feel like he's going to break off some of these big runs that we saw last year. Stanford's interesting because again they didn't deserve to win that game. I mean they did, but. I, That's the power of perseverance, Dane. You never quit. You never no, give hey, up. No, credit you play to them. To the whistle. They, hey, they did. I mean, they uh, they picked up that fumble, took it back. They, you know, had the turnovers were a big part of it, uh, especially that fumble when, like you mentioned, questionable call to run the ball instead of kneeling down. So, yeah, Stanford, uh, big game this weekend against Notre Dame. So, uh, you know, can Notre Dame, who made a change of quarterback, can they pull – uh, pull the upset. We'll have to see. Okay, so let's set up this coming up college football weekend. We actually got some good ones this weekend. I, mean, I hate how when they do this. We got some good ones this weekend. I, I, I could argue that the best three games are all at the same time. Oh, let's see here. We have Stanford Notre Dame is at six thirty. Ohio State Penn State is at six thirty. And BYU BYU Washington is at seven thirty. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, the early games, afternoon games, there's some solid matchups, um, but none that are really that great. I mean, for the noon games, West Texas Virginia. Texas Tech, West Virginia's yeah, fun. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of points scored in that one. Yeah, that one's fun. Georgia's going to romp Tennessee. Bama's got to walk. Clemson, Syracuse. Yeah, Alabama's favored by 50 over Louisiana. Well, put Jalen Hurts in. They won't cover. Uh, they'll start off covering. But then Florida, Hurtful. Mississippi State. It's going to be uh, Coach Mullen's return to uh, Mississippi State. See how that goes. 
Okay, so Ohio State, Penn State is about the best we got. I guess Stanford, Notre Dame also. Yeah, for all the reasons I just mentioned about Stanford yeah. and what they can do on offense. And then, yeah, Notre Dame, they've got a pretty good defense. Jerry Tillery up front, Tavon Coney at linebacker, Drew Tranquil as uh, a solid linebacker. So Notre Dame's got some guys. Um, that Florida-Mississippi State game is going to be interesting, I think. I, I'm a big Mississippi State fan with what they have on defense. They've got a couple first-rounders on the defensive line. Um, they've got some other guys that have a chance to get drafted late. So it's not going to be a cakewalk for Florida. Uh, it, it, I, with the game being uh, at, in Starkville, I, I think Mississippi State's probably going to be favored in that one. Okay, now do you want to move on? Because I do have some questions. What do you got? I have questions from the internet. Skin Wade on Twitter, second week in a row with a great question. Okay. Could you guys power rank the tapes, recording, masking tape, duct tape, etc.? I think the football tape is the best. Well, I think he's confused. It, that's, that's the different trust the tape. That's a different podcast. No, I think it's for, I think that, I think it belongs here. I think watching film is our number one seed on tape. Sure. But I would like to give a shout out to duct tape because I was at a wedding and I had to f- hang up these flower things that went over an archway, a brick archway, mm-hmm. and the duct tape worked great. And I was able to get them in small enough pieces that I could hide it. You couldn't really see it because it was behind leaves. Like the, uh, what's the clear tape? Scotch tape? Yeah. Scotch tape is great, but sure. it's just not powerful enough. No. You know? I love that you can see through it, but it's not powerful enough. The duct tape is so easy to tear even if you want to take a half strip, it, it gives you that ability to tear perfectly straight lines, and it's incredible. I think duct tape is the two seed right behind football tape. Wow. Yeah, I mean... I, Athletic tape is good. It's fine. Yeah. Electric tape is okay. Shout out to blue tape, blue painting tape. Yeah, I mean, You painting can't paint, tape. Painting tape can't is paint without it, so yeah, shout out. Okay, thanks for the question, Skin. Uh, does UNT's Mason Fine have a chance of getting drafted from Cliff on the tweeter. Mason Fine is a baller at North yeah. Texas. He's just little. And he's only a junior. Um, I, and that's maybe the promising thing about UNT is they're young. I mean, they've got a lot of guys that are going to come back next year. Uh, Seth Luttrell's got that that team playing well. Uh, it, you have to power rank the teams in Texas. All of a sudden, North Texas not no longer on the bottom. Well, they're not at the top because Texas no. is back. Stop. Uh, and that's exciting for everybody that Texas is back. Will Greer or Ryan Finley, who do you like more? That, that's a good question because I think that's the top two senior quarterbacks uh, or behind Drew, uh, Drew Locke. Uh, Drew Locke, I think, is the top guy. And then there's debate about who's that second quarterback uh, in the senior class. Is it Finley? Is it Greer? Eileen Greer. Um, now I still have plenty of questions about Greer in terms of his overall decision making coming from that spread offense. The uh, the the PED thing, that decision making. Yeah, I mean that was 2015. Just trying to get strong you know, for the year for the season. His explanation was he went to GNC and he the, he let the the guy behind the counter talk him into hey this is pretty good. That and, makes sense to me. If it's at GNC, I should not get suspended. I'm pretty sure it's GNC. If something I can just like go into a store and buy right. something over the counter, I shouldn't be suspended for that. I was just trying to get myself in good shape and stay hydrated. You know? He's married now. I mean, yeah. he's, he's gonna be 24 when he's drafted. He's an older guy, so I'm not too worried about what happened to Florida. Um, I do have questions again about on the field, but I mean Ryan Finley, you know I I, I like him. Uh, I see more of a Alex Smith type, uh, maybe a low end starter, um, but not a first round pick. The end. That's all I got. You got anything else you want to pop in here? Perfect. No, no other, I think we're good. Nothing else about tape or anything. 
You know, I uh, I got nothing. Okay. I, I'm I'm not a tape guy. Uh, that when is it comes, a shocking statement of the podcast. When it, I'm not a tape guy. When it comes to, to scotch tape, masking tape, yeah. duct tape, I, I don't have much of an opinion there. Not a tape guy. At uh, DP Brugler on Twitter. Check him out on The Athletic, DallasCowboys.com. I'm Jeff Cavanaugh from 105.3 The Fan at JC1053. We love you, and we will talk to you next week. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.